You're listening to Mischief Media. Welcome, welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go! You're wasting time! Welcome to Pottercast. hey yo hey, Welcome everybody. to Pottercast number blah, blah, blah. Number 16-4. 16-4? 16 Season 16, episode 4. Oh, season 16, episode 4. I was like, what? Episode 4, it's not even spring. Check it. Here we are. What's up, guys? Let's talk about the Harry Potter stuff. Every episode is going to start with us talking about how amazing it is that we got an episode out. That's going to last for a little while. We can't say that about every episode. I said just a little while. <laughs> just until the next one. in this episode this week y'all oh we got some fun loose chatter about what would happen and you know <laughs> i don't know what do we great. call this john stuff? I've, I've all right let's go back it's like we got copy some fun. that was written by a madman professional we got some uh potter ponderings <laughs> got a potter pondering ponder a bit of this and that and then we got a little hey netflix where we pitch netflix an idea for a little expanded universe uh, harry potter-esque show by the way i'm melissa oh yeah hi melissa i'm john Hi, John. I'm Frankie. Good to meet y'all. 16th year. 16th year. We're doing it. Well, we are a Pottercast. We talk about the Harry Potter stuff, as Mm -hmm. so beautifully put by Harry and the Potters. Is there any new Harry Potter stuff? There actually is. There's. I promise this won't be in every episode, but there's been a development on the, let's call it, ongoing stories regarding the creators of Harry Potter-related media. Okay. There was a article that came out on the day that we recorded this about the lead designer of the Hogwarts Legacy <gasps> game mm-hmm. and about how he has an old YouTube account where he's incredibly anti-feminist and incredibly pro-Gamergate. Gross. This is the person who is leading the design on the Harry Potter game. Is this someone who's still doing this or they just caught, it's like one of the No, old it's so- an old YouTube channel, but he's not disavowed any of his mm. former statements. He actually made a statement that said that, oh yeah, I showed Warner Brothers this channel and they were fine with it and they didn't care, mm-hmm. which is great. <laughs> it's great. It's just yeah. great. It's great. It's just like, are y'all just trying at this point? To Wait a this? second. Warner Brothers didn't care? Yeah, let me find the statement so I'm not talking about it yet. Hold on. Yeah, because I interned at Warner Brother Interactive back in 2005, so mm-hmm. I have some sway there from 16 years ago. I mean... Not really, but... Use it. The article from Kotaku says the following. Troy Levitt is a lead designer at Warner Brothers development studio Avalanche Software, currently working on Hogwarts Legacy. He also ran a reactionary YouTube channel focused on attacking feminism and social justice for over a year. A small portion of his YouTube channel had video titles such as, quote, the injustice of social justice, quote, in praise of cultural appropriation, and quote, are thought crimes becoming real? The latter a reference to George Orwell's dystopic sci-fi novel of 1984. He has lengthy defenses of John Lasseter, the Pixar co-founder who left his position at Disney in 2017 after allegations of sexual misconduct. Nolan Bushnell, the Atari co-founder who Kotaku's reporting found to have fostered a toxic work environment for women. 
In some of his videos, Levitt expressed support for Gamergate, a movement that fostered harassment against women and other minorities in the gaming industry, and I'm adding this myself, specifically trans people, and criticized Anita Sarkeesian's Tropes vs. Women series as a, quote, uninformed fringe position. He discussed his opinions on Gamergate in a 2017 interview saying that Gamergate, while painful at times, on the whole proved to be a good thing. I don't think nice. we can do the history, the whole history of Gamergate here on this, though I, I'm going to try and get us a guest that can go into that for the Harry Potter audience that may not be quite aware of just how toxic and horrible and absolutely indefensible. I would love yeah. that. Indefensible. Yeah, that'd be great because like I had no idea what Gamergate was until about four or five months ago. And I was like, what? So I think it'd be it's very bad. informative. It's very bad. It basically was bros. I mean, this is an incredibly reductive way to explain it. We will put some links in our show notes so that you can get some context but it basically was bros accusing women in the gaming industry of sleeping their way to the top and bribing journalists for good reviews of their video games by sleeping with them and then it just snowballed onto itself into a massive massive cluster f of 8chan and 4chan and it's just it's bad gamergate is bad this is a pretty uncontroversial another reason not to buy this game (laughs) yeah it's it's real bad i'm trying to find the quote from Warner Brothers, because he he even said, oh yeah, it's fine. But I guess this is something with the whole Charisma Carpenter stuff coming out with Joss Whedon. I was having a real sad Buffy day. It's like, oh, I miss Buffy so much and blah, blah, blah. But then it was pointed out to me that Buffy and other forms of media like film and video games even, they're a collaboration of so many different people's work and artwork that Death of the Author is a little bit more built in. Yeah. Because it's not like Joss Whedon did all of that. He just came up with the idea and it was a work of dozens of people and a, a writing room mm-hmm. filled with some people. There were women in that writing room who made the good parts probably good and effective. I think you're right for and the so- most part, but Whedon in particular was an example of like early auteur-, auteur TV. And so I think he gets a little bit more into the, I'm the author of this than some other stuff. Oh, I know he gets that credit too. Like, yeah. I, I, and I think he leans on that and I think he's made a career off that, but I'm just saying, especially when comparing to JK Rowling, she is the gate oh, yeah. for that. She typed all, her little fingers, typed out all those words. But with a TV show, no, like that it's was different. a whole person acting. Yeah. There was a whole person like and there's writing. An there's industry. a room filled with people. Right. And there's an industry around that creation. There is a set and there's yeah. directors and there's grips and there's PAs. There's an industry. It's not just one person and a typewriter. Yeah. That's all I mean. It's like, it's just a little bit separated. This is the quote, but this is a lot of the defense of the Hogwarts Legacy game was the studios, not JK Rowling. You can't punish these game makers because of what JK Rowling thinks. Here's what he said. Some of you have expressed that due to my commentary on game industry controversies and my sympathies for the Gamergate movement. Sympathies for the Gamergate movement, by the way, is like having sympathy for QAnon supporters. I'm just saying it. That I might have a difficult time should I ever want to return to professional game development. I'm happy to say that even though I disclosed my YouTube channel to WB Games, it didn't appear to be an issue for them. Not that they endorse anything I've said, of course, but at least they seem more concerned with making good games than with pushing some kind of social justice agenda so there is hope. That means he's the only one capable of making good games? Arrogant man? No, that means you get other people making good games. Sorry. So what role does he have on the team? He's a lead Lead designer. He is lead designer. That's a big lead designer of the game. He's basically he's in charge. He's he would be like who's the guy that did all the parks? Then and and like Stephen Fry? Stuart Craig. Stuart Craig. No, not Stuart Craig did the parks. Of the parks, you said. Yeah, the parks. That was Stuart Craig. Well, he designed the parks. 
Oh yeah, it's him. Mm. He has that level of control, if I'm understanding it's it correctly. As close to an author on a video game, I think, as you get. Mm. Close. I don't know enough. We need somebody in the gaming industry. To yeah, that. I, yeah, because I don't even know how that works when it comes to like script stuff. That's a really good point. We should talk to someone. I'm gonna say it on this podcast. I will be trying on my own to get a guest. But if you're listening and you're in the gaming industry and you have a point of view on this and you would like to come and talk about the impact that a lead designer has, that would be great. Staff at Pottercast.com. Boop boop. Don't buy that game. Right. Oof. So that's what's going on in the Harry Potter world. You're so mad, Frankie. I I just part of me honestly is just me being selfish. Like, why couldn't they just given this to us two years ago? That's a valid disappointment. No, but it's not valid. Because honestly, I would rather it now come out no, no, no. when we know her true character in this totally. sense of not giving her money and all the blah, blah, blah. But still, totally. selfishly, little Frankie. Yeah, I mean, it's valid to be disappointed as a Harry Potter fan that we are getting this in a time when it feels wrong to support the main franchise. Blarg. Blarg, Blarg indeed. Well, you know what we do on Pottercast that is fun and wholesome stuff is we still talk about harry potter but we do it by having some fun canon discussions Mm -hmm. and a lot of what ifs Mm -hmm. and we pitch shows to netflix which is fun Mm -hmm. and not peacock for some reason which would be the channel that would be you're right one that would be doing this (laughs) maybe we should change it to hey peacock hey peacock why peacock they own the series they're the ones that have the streaming rights for the films and wait hb wait i'm confused i thought HBO... hbo max have them now no 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 they Wait. had them temporarily, but Peacock is where you watch them now because Comcast bought the rights for all of that jazz. Comcast. Because uh, they have the theme parks, and it's better mm-hmm. for them to reinforce the brand on that own on their own budget. I guess I don't know. I didn't. Oh, wow. Comcast, was go it buy, in the room? Go buy all the sense. rights. Buy all the rights. Buy all the rest of the rights. Buy them. Yeah. <laughs> buy all of them. I never thought I'd be saying that to a big corporation, but buy all of them. Take them. Yeah. You'll do better with them than they're being canceled right now. I mean, the game is going to be successful because it's going to. Yeah, if if the game is good, the game will do well. If the game is not good, the game won't do well. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. The game will live or die on its merits. We have seen Harry Potter video games be very promising and fail very hard. Yeah. And we have seen lots of other games be very promising and fail very hard. There's a very Um, specific game that the fandom has been clamoring for all these years that have has yet to receive, and it is the MMORPG. Right, yeah, to have some way of making your little character, getting to go to Hogwarts, and getting to hang out with your real life friends in that virtual environment, and do little missions together, do games together. But they have been averse to any kind of social aspect to the game out of their sheer terror for the you know ways in which people could use it to be predators on the children playing the game full stop it's true so it is what it is all right well let's get on to the rest of the show by the way this is a mischief media podcast you should look up mischief media in whatever thing you're listening to right now and make sure to check out our other magical podcast roll nine and three quarters Mm, yeah other magical podcasts i like that other magical podcast it's our D adventure in a unnamed magical world and <laughs> we're having a ton of fun with it it's really great and lots of other cool stuff on the network as well so you should go and check that out woot 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 all right let's get on with the show all right all right hey guys it's time for another uh, potter pondering where we take an abstract question in the wizarding world and then we ponder it here for a minute and uh, i think we have a pretty fun one for you today what's which one is it here melissa you want to tell us yeah we're gonna say what kind of job we would take if we graduated hogwarts yeah 
but couldn't get a job in the wizarding world, what kind of muggle job would we take with all of our fresh magical uh, abilities? Got it. Cool. That's a fun one. So we're imagining that not only are we magical in this period where uh, we've graduated Hogwarts and we are trying to find a job and the magical community is pretty high on employment, I guess. Not a whole lot of jobs going around. So uh, we have to venture off in the muggle world and find what we can find. There's a magical recession. Yeah. There's been a pandemic. The non-magical world's economy is booming, though, and there are jobs to be had. But honestly, you could probably out-qualify most non-magic people with magic for most jobs, I would imagine, except for, like, highly specified careers, like, Ooh, you know, legal or, you know, doctors or dentistries and probably a lot though? of technology jobs. How would you prove it? How would you prove that you're qualified? Yeah. I'm just saying probably you can rule out those professions right out the gate right because those would be ones that you would need some very specific can't be like magically architect something yeah very specific schooling and no i mean architecture probably you could do that as a magical person design sure spells will do design work well no but spells might make the technical aspect of handling your instruments and things a little bit better i was thinking mm. like art would be right out the gate like fantastic thing that you could get into like imagine like you're like a sculptor or you're a painter or something and you can like bewitch the instruments oh, you're God, using a sculptor you know it'd be so terrifying you just try to make your play someone into stone and be like look it's a it's a sculpture like think of all those Frankie, people that went making to a very dark place very fast i think Wow, that's, sure, that's certainly an idea. I missed his example, I guess. I, you could I transfigure my... a person into stone, and then you have a sculpture. <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah, that's that's a bit much. But like, um, like <laughs> think of him. if you wanted to make a, you know, I see all these people on the YouTube and Etsy making things out of resin, for example, and you have to make your mold out of whatever Silicon. material. So like, you could transfigure your mold and do your pour, and now... The thing is, you know, you you can't transfigure something permanently and sell it and say, hey, I'm, I'm making these things. But you can certainly transfigure things temporarily to, like, be your mold or be your right. your frame or, or what have you. So, so you'd, like, yeah. speed up the production of crafting. Absolutely. It would okay. be, like, if you wanted to go the Etsy route, which is probably not the first route people listening no, would have thought we'd go down. Or, but, that's uh, not what I imagined would come first i would head probably straight to politics like a oh. low like a super low level job how are you going to refrain yourself from like bewitching people to think the way you want them to though well, are you going to be like a dark politician forgivable curse and that's bad but i would speed up paperwork i'd find a way to find corruption i'd find uh -huh. a way to read everything really fast so that i can like know if there's yeah. things in bills and things like that yeah um, i think you'd be great at something in government not necessarily yeah, I don't like really mean political politics, like, like running for things screw that yeah no. there'd be all sorts of things you could make more efficient with mm -hmm. magic in the government just I would like imagine. totally mysteriously all the bureaucracy just gets so much yeah. better and faster and nobody knows why and it's because you're just right? kind of using magic to speed people through the process <laughs> imagine having magic to do the outreach to figure out who in the country needs to get their vaccine and, and who hasn't like where are all the old people's spells and how to like do it let's equitably. do that spell <laughs> yeah how to do it so that it's not based on whether you can be at home spamming a computer to get your 
vaccination yeah. appointment or whether you can take any time you need off work to do it. If Finding... Hogwarts can tell you like where there's 11 year olds that need their Hogwarts letters with like a, a single book <laughs> and quill sitting in the castle, they can figure out who hasn't received their vaccine and who needs a letter confirming their appointment and all this and that. Totally. Well, yeah, when you pull out that thread and this question just pulls out that whole narrative of like the wizarding world sitting on all these easy fixes for the yeah. muggles. <laughs> which, the muggles are just like sitting there toiling away like oh we could just tap yeah. them other wands but we're not gonna it's like right oh. yeah <laughs> yeah all these people dying like you know they're covid how about this Mm-hmm. How would hospitals? wizards cure COVID, or how would and they help out during the pandemic? Think about all the expandable space they could do for like the wards. They could be like, let's just charm this ward to be three extra floors of, of yeah. beds and how space and all this stuff. Or Instant inf- vaccine replication. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and delivery. And but you have to you th- have to work to hide it because if you got found out, it has to seem real. This is where I wish the time magic study in the ministry of magic would come into play when it comes to, like vaccines and stuff yeah mm-hmm. put that into the time vault and be like okay put this in there and then they get it in reality you're sending it sideways into different dimensions of time but you're just spending times time in all directions rather than just forward and when you get the vaccine in three months versus totally. two mm-hmm. years yeah you know for my to take it in a selfish direction for what i do creating big fandom events i would use that expandable charm in a big way and make very small spaces the only thing i'd have to rent to (laughs) to have enormous events do you know how oh man do you know the cost reduction that would would be be great i wonder because apparently those that spell work is complicated so i wonder how that's complicated what does that mean why why could dumbledore do it and not hermione or why could mm-hmm. hermione do it and not ron you know what i mean like yeah. i would love just to look at that those gears because that's so cool yeah i like that there if there's limits to the strength of the spell's execution is dependent on the skill of the person doing the magic and you know you might totally. be able to duplicate a simple object for somebody who has only known how to do that magic for a little while but you would need somebody who's got real mastery to make a really complicated object like imagine duplicating an iphone and all of the mm-hmm. little internal components inside yeah. of it that so would be immensely difficult yeah. or then mrna vaccine get out of here if you think you can clone that with just your average wizard's capability like, that would just be just Jiminio the vaccine spooky wasn't it in book five that dumbledore like summoned a chair and the chair mm-hmm. that he summoned was super ornate and then like yes. mm-hmm. the chair that someone else summoned was just more of a humdrum chair yeah i've always assumed that was due to his style and flourish in magic versus mm-hmm. a resource like hogwarts he's not money that gave him mm-hmm. that right that's more just oh he's thought to make a cool chair with his magic or did he have privilege to access that chair or was it just skill i think it was just a mark of it well i think probably jk rowling intended it as just a mark of his skill yeah that's what i thought but i like to imagine that it has other indicators there's a difference between what i think she meant by it and what it could be Mm -hmm. i like to think of Mm -hmm. it as as more of an indication of the depth of a person's creativity and how deeply they've thought about things yeah it has to exist in his mind first right Mm -hmm. yeah especially even like in book six when dumbledore is oh this is just tom's style like and he just knew mm-hmm. we've talked about this in the past just how certain things have styles and i think magic held hand with art in that way like you can mm-hmm. kind of tell someone's hand in it yeah. so if i can twist the question a little bit what if you got a job and you couldn't do magic but you're a fully trained wizard what kind of job yeah do you i think, think that's the more interesting question yeah wait 
Because explain, wait, explain the difference. What do you mean? Like you have well, to do a job without using magic? Yeah. So you're a fully trained wizard. What kind of job would be interesting to you if you couldn't use your magic? Well, I think that you could use your magic, but you would need to maintain the same the guys. standards of, mm-hmm. of secrecy. You know, like your example of you would make a leaky con where you could shove everybody into like a coat closet and pay the rent of a <laughs> coat closet isn't fair because you're exposing all these muggles now to magical spaces. But it's shady AF. Yeah. Like, hey, oh, leaky I con, see what you mean. Leaky con like, closet. Okay. Um, That's why I like the, the government example because you can do... Th- things sort of on the slide not in a grand scale but you can do things uh-huh. sort of on the slide to kind of speed things up in ways that don't actually tip awareness yeah yeah definitely like i remember early on in early podcast years we've kind of talked about this before of course because we've over a decade plus of gotten to almost everything you could talk about but we talked about trying to mine for precious metals and other things like how with magic you'd be able to find where's all the diamonds in in these rocks where's the gold that Mm. would be like a massive advantage it would be like the endless gold hack on life at that point bring some nifflers out with you to wherever part of the world you're gonna find gold and go to town Hmm. how about you frankie i guess it would have to be Originally, I wanted to frame the question around if we were at Hogwarts, if it was us specifically at Hogwarts, what would you think you would have studied in like your seventh year or so? And then see how that could tie into a muggle job. Mm -hmm. I don't know. A chemist of some sort or a doctor of some sort, I think, would do really well with someone who's good at potions. But I don't think I'd be good at potions. And so... But I could see like doctors and pharmacists and even drug dealers <laughs> becoming really good at pharmaceuticals and whatnot mm-hmm. with potions. Speaking and of then... potions, it'd be really fun to use those skills on cosmetics and people probably wouldn't notice. Yeah, oh my see, like that. I didn't even think about that. Exactly. Cosmetics or even if there was a way to put like illusion work into cosmetics. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's something that's possible. Would you feel a calling to do a higher or a something that would be good for mankind, let's say, if you have those abilities. If you were selfish about it, like my earlier example, you could get yourself super wealthy by taking nifflers out to the gold mines, right? But would you want to, you do, like to do something like that? Or would power? you want to try to like say, all right, what are the biggest problems facing humanity right now? And you think about the change in climate and then think, okay, how could I, with well, my magic, this is, figure out mm. things for that? This is with abilities, the question of what would you do with all the money in the world, right? This is the same question, but around abilities rather than money. Because a lot, in a lot of ways, money and privilege equal abilities. Mm-hmm. So it's like a similar thing. Like if time and abilities could be overcome, and I don't mean like your ability or disability. I mean like the things you're able to accomplish in this world could be mm-hmm. overcome by money. Then let's just replace that with magic. Would you go all Jeff Bezos or would you try and sort of make the world better? Yeah. Yeah, I think difficult one. Or go Mackenzie Bezos. That what you said is you said the practical answer that I was gonna what I was gonna say is I don't think that the big problems with the world are people (laughs) and people's selfishness and their their conditions of our hearts. And so like and magic can't change that or shouldn't Mm -hmm. be able to change that. And so it's like, well, the big like I like climate change. That is like, ooh, that is something that it piques me because I'm like, I guess I could totally see how magic could because there's math there that magic can figure out that technology can't yet we can't just Mm -hmm. do the math and cast a spell we could do the math Mm -hmm. and maybe and that would be fascinating to me yeah climate change and stuff like that but when it comes to like people who don't want 
social like healthcare and stuff like that. It just makes me sad that they see it as such a selfish thing. It's like, no, they, this should just be a right. And like yeah. that is something that you can't convince people of with magic. Yeah. Or at least not in a good way. <laughs> so like, here's your premise. You've got some magic. You've got, I don't know, say there's a group of 20 of you. Because, you know, having magic is rare, let's say, in this hypothetical. You've got this little task force with wizards, and it's 2021, and Texas is freezing, and pipes are bursting, and it's a catastrophe. What spells do you use secretly to try to be of some assistance to try to help in that situation? See, this is where it sort of loses me. I know we have to do Leap of Faith, but climate change is a wizard problem, too. So well, sure. you'd have to Certainly. imagine they'd be on it somehow, you know? Yeah. Well, how <laughs> like, many wizards would you need to, like, refreeze the ice caps? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, the permafrost. Reparo, 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 reparo. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, just think of how there. many wizards were required to try to contain <laughs> what's-his-face Go to the glaciers. Grindelwald, all that fire in Paris, you know. And right. now now imagine how many more you would need circling the North Pole trying <laughs> pretty to... Pretty much all of them. But there's also... Pretty much every single one of them, right? If they really got into it, if they had wizarding think tanks, they could really get into more, less yeah. ball rolling down a hill sort of solutions right. and more like yeah. clever strategies, rather. Or the faster creation of electric technology, of hybrid technology and fossil yeah. fuelless technology. They could we... get into that and help unroll Or just that. convert magic into electricity somehow mm -hmm. think about all of the carbon capture technology that non-magical people are making advancements on and then add magic to that to transfigure carbon out of the air into <gasps> whatever Hang you on. need plot twist we find out that magic is actually a just like fossil fuels yeah i was just gonna say that i was just oh, gonna say what if magic hilarious. burns really unclean i was thinking that freak <laughs> Oh it's no! It's never noticed because there's so few of them. Oh, it could be so crazy, and then like the worse spellcaster you are, the more energy it takes to yeah. burn your will into existence, and so it burns heavy. And so they give all these like, oh, that's so interesting. If wizards found out that the way to cure climate change was to ex not exist anymore, not use magic, not oh, cast magic. I mean, that's sort of the oh, position we're in. That'd be a really oh. fun story. Someone should write that one. It's kind of the position we're in, right? Because the way to cure what we're doing is to stop a lot of what we're doing. Right. Stop yeah. a lot of <laughs> no, but I like fossil what I'm fuels, doing. But I like my electricity and I like my mm -hmm. gas in my car. Well, cool. You can keep doing that or you can perish. <laughs> right. Terrible. What a terrible idea. It's got too real. Mm. What yeah. if wizards are actually the cause of climate change is a place I truly can say I never thought we'd go on Pottercast. Yeah. No. We did, though. Look at us. This started with what's the kind of job you'd get. So, okay, let's forget about doing good. What is the selfish job? What are the fun jobs? Yeah. Let's do do you fun. imagine wizards would have any interest in space exploration? Yes. No. You know what? No. What if their magic is somehow tied to, like, this planet? Ooh. Is there any limitations to think that Xanadu. they could do, even do magic in space? I don't know. It may... It's never come up in canon. A lot of... If you look at a lot of spell stuff and wizard stuff, it's about, like, charting the stars and the moon phase and all that kind of stuff. So it does seem to be the fact of us tethered to this to location. Universe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In the show, The Magicians, and I think the book got into it too. I don't remember the book very well, but in the show, conditions really, really matter. And at one point, they break the moon. Something happens to the moon and everyone's spell work goes for shit. 
because oh that was a constant forever. And so that created a variable that everyone had to accommodate for. It was really interesting to have to hear people talk about that kind of nonsense. Like somebody stole the moonfish from the pond in the Northern Water Temple. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, very much so like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about uh, like a wizard chef? Think of all of the different concoctions Ooh. you could create with like knowledge of uh, potions, knowledge of charms and transfiguration. All of the ingredients you could source that would be hard to find normally. And just, Matt, you don't even, you probably wouldn't even need much of a kitchen. You could just, you could be in there, just flick, flick, flick of the wand and have stuff prepping. And then you could be like a wizard running your own high-end restaurant. And then that would be really cool. Yeah. Imagine what's her face. Not Frenchie. What's her name from Fantastic Beasts? The lady who's like, I'm going to help Grindelwald here now all of a sudden. Queenie. We love that series, don't we? (laughs) <laughs> Everybody loved her in the first one, and no, then th- they decided that she sucked she's in the a, second one because she decided, yeah, she was. But yeah, like, imagine you can be like. A well, baker. she did take his agency away. That was kind of creepy. Fascism curious here. Fascism. Fascism. So she was poorly written. Imagine her doing cooking, but restaurant scale or like multiple people with that kind of magic. Yeah. Yeah. I think mine be would be crafting related. I love crafting. I'm just a yeah crafting fool. And one day, if I decide I'm done with all this other professional stuff, I'm just going to open an Etsy shop. It won't be very mm-hmm. good. I'm not good. Nobody says I'm good. Yeah. But I'll just try different crafts and try different things, and magic will help me be good. <laughs> You're like the biggest supplier to like home goods and everything else in the country. I now. truly think that my hobby is buying craft supplies. Oh, yeah. We're really good at buying craft supplies. <laughs> we're less good at using them all, but we've got tons of craft supplies. For me, my selfish one, I think, would be <laughs> I like my job, so I would probably use all my magic just. I would love if I could live on a mountaintop. The only way to get to my place where I live would be by magic. And so Mm -hmm. I I could do whatever I wanted, live in like a really nice little floating tower above a mountain sometime Mm. in the Pacific Northwest, hiding in some mist, whatever. And then when you go to work, I just... I can apparate or have a port key to different locations that I can just mm-hmm. go back and forth from. I think that's where I've been the, my effort is just being able to have a nice little cozy place to live. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then I could just use magic to make sure I'm connecting. Like, hey, I don't know. Also, because you can get through I, your, your work a lot faster. Yeah. Hey, offshoot of this question say that the wizards decided they're going to relax some of the rules about magic in the non-magical world and they said you're allowed to retain one of the magical classes worth of your magic does one of them come to mind as to which school of magic you would want to maintain uh define school of magic for me real quick we'll just think about it simply put as a a class at hogwarts like charms or transfiguration or potions or i think Uh... for me transfiguration because it's less ephemeral than charms Mm -hmm. wait what how do you draw the line between the two then again transfiguration appears to change something and a transfiguration does change something yeah but like a charm like in wandavision when you take an object into wanda's little area it actually transmutes into something different but yeah but what a charm would be confusing someone to think that something is there when it isn't or making something float in the air or yeah yeah but what confuses me is in the books they're in charms class when they have to make the little legs appear on their teacups that's charms not transfiguration and that always confused me so that means charms are something that it just seems like it could be whenever it needs to be then. I think charms would imply animation 
you could transfigure a teacup to have legs, but then it would just be a teacup sitting there with legs. There'd be nothing about it that would get walking, have oh, so, a teacup walk around. So that's like a charm that has a little bit of transfiguration woven into it. Right. Okay, I like well, that. I, I mean, you, if you turn a goblet into a rat, it's still like McGonagall turns into a cat. She can move around. It's just, but she turned it into an object that had the ability move to move. Around. Yeah, that's true. Right. A rat can move. Yeah, right. I, I guess you could transfigure a cup into something that had something rat legs and like the rat legs can... Maybe charms would be more fun. Yeah. Well, yeah, if that's the case, if I can say if a transfiguration and charms could only as last... As long as the task, it's when it's done walking, the legs have to vanish. Mm-hmm. If you transfigure a stool into a chair, you can eat your dinner and a couple, you can leave that as a chair for, I imagine, days, depending mm-hmm. on how well you transfigure it. But charmed, it would just be like, oh, levitating it. Yeah, I think yeah. for me, it would be charms in because then I could charm things to do things. I think Molly probably does a lot of housework with mm-hmm. charms. If I could not do housework, if I could charm my brooms just to, or vanish dust or charm the cats not to shed everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that would be an amazing ability. <laughs> you know, I just thought of a whole school of magic that we hadn't considered for non-magical careers. Magical creatures? Divination. <gasps> Imagine working the, the stock markets or any kind of speculative market if you can master divination to, like, know, you know, when to sure. buy. Feels vaguely evil, but... Now, do you think... Okay, GameStop. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that would work? Because even amongst the Wizarding World, a lot of people think divination is... I would imagine the fact that it's taught in the school, presumably has been for a long time. It's a real thing. Our experience with it has been kind of a little peculiar with Trelawney and... Is that the only teacher we've ever seen for divination? Friends. No. We saw oh, the right, centaur yeah. as well. Yeah, and they've got like a different way of doing it also but i'm left believing that it's a real thing just as real as the other things though it is one of those things that is a lot harder to do well that could easily be a very overpowered bit of magic if you knew precisely what voldemort's plan was going to be down to the minute and yeah like it would be i kind of see I see divination and the stuff like prophecies to the degree that the magical community respects them at. Kind of like zeitgeist stuff or viral videos. Mm. You can study what they are, but you can't really teach someone like, hey, a viral video making class. You know what I mean? Like I see like divination and like and Dumbledore kept Trelawney there because of a prophecy, knowing that, oh, I need to keep this from getting out. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how much of, and then when we, what was the centaur's name again, Melissa? Ferenz. Ferenz. I wouldn't say Greyback. When Ferenz taught it, he was very critical of the muggle way of casting. Yeah. It was more of, oh, sure, you can see tides. We can see like conflict or we can see like adjectives coming our way, but we can't see nouns. Mm-hmm. And so it'd be interesting. I don't know why I'm, why I'm bringing this up, but it was just, I guess it was a straight thought when it comes to no, divination stuff. But it's still fun. But like, yeah. imagine if you were a really talented divination one. Then yeah, then where would you spend your time? Surely, well, I don't know. Like, what magical skill would give you more success in the stock market if you were no, comparing div- yeah. divination to uh, what's the one? I want to say arithmancy. Yeah, so the one arithmancy. Yeah. I think arithmancy is probably no arithmancy is like is divination with science mixed in it's right which you would think would and... give you the better chances of doing well you know interpreting yeah. the asset markets because it's a lot of technical analysis too i don't know 
I don't know. I don't know. This is, this is fun, though. So we want to hear what your ideas for this question are. Please yeah. send us email, staffthepodcast.com. Send us a voice note so we can play it on the show. Yeah, a voice note. Yeah, especially if you're sitting there. People say they're going to send us voice notes, and then they never send us the voice notes. Send us the voice yeah. note. Yeah, send us a voice note, and then something along like this line, just a fun Harry Potter-related speculative question that you want us to talk about. It's yes. they're, they're, We love these. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we didn't even talk about healers. You got, little, you know, if you were yeah. a healer at St. Mungo, surely you'd be useful in the hospital, right? We want to hear your complicated ideas. is healing? Yeah. It's very complicated, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. All right. We could do this forever, but we want to hear your ideas. Uh, I think right. next next up will be a, a spinoff of Hey Netflix. All right. Welcome to our Hey Netflix segment where we pitch non-Harry Potter, Harry Potter segments, ideas to netflix to turn into greater series our sort of marvel universe as it were. right <laughs> which we're all fooling ourselves if we don't think they'll, they'll try for that eventually one day eh? they're doing it for star wars they're doing it for marvel why not do it for this i can think of a couple reasons but that's not this episode it's so, every episode uh, point being there are people that stand to make money from this that will not leave it on the table forever absolutely true that absolutely absolutely all right what are we talking about this week uh well we're pitching something right young mcgonagall young mcgonagall what can we juice out of that character (laughs) now i feel like a suit (laughs) no we're the creatives that the suits hired to come up with the ideas now i feel better about myself good job well no one's hiring us we're giving it away for free so we can (laughs) go ahead and feel stupid about it again it's true all right but it's fun we're putting it in our show you can take it or leave it we didn't say it's going to be a good pitch (laughs) no we never made that that was never part of it a show about young McGonagall. Now, when we say young McGonagall, are we talking about Ugh. young McGonagall who's been working at Hogwarts for 40 years as of the 90s? Or young McGonagall who's already working at Hogwarts in the 1920s as per the movie? You know, I'd love to think that she had more going on in her life than just meeting a new class of kids every year. Not to say there's anything wrong with teachers who have a long lifetime history of teaching, but they're not the people you'd normally make a movie about. You know what I would love to see a version of, and this is almost like a cheap answer, but I think it would be perfect, is Queen's Gambit, but McGonagall. From young girl at Hogwarts, growing up, doing her thing, deciding to go back to Hogwarts. Like, you can start the series at Hogwarts and you end the series at Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. That would be a fun show to watch. Like, as a transfiguration magic There certainly need to be an element of transfiguration. Yeah. Right? And then Flitwick could be there because Flitwick and her were kind of like contemporaries, weren't they, or no? So if Flitwick won a charm, a dueling competition as a charms master, yeah, they were contemporaries. Yeah. Would there be something similar for McGonagall? Well, yeah, like what, what? What do you mean, like a competition? Yeah, like some sort of thing she could win to be a champion of the world in Transfiguration. I oh, would imagine so dueling... there's a tournament for almost everything that you could specialize in. I'm just realizing this in my head that him being a dueling champion speaks to his prowess at charms. I just was thought it, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was all this time he also is a good dueler. Like, I thought it was like... I think it's I both. Thought, no, I know. I realized that. But in my head, I think I was thought it was like fencing. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, I guess charm is like fencing with your brain or with ideas. Um, <laughs> 
And so, I was just considering that, like, when you think about what are all the schools of magic in Hogwarts and defense against the dark arts seems like it's the one that doesn't quite fit in because it is the only one that seems to have a thesis about how you're going to use the magic. Everything else is just, this is potions class and we'll teach you how to make a potion. It's not like, here's how to make skincare treatments with potions. It's just potions. So, like, if there was a class at Hogwarts that was the, like, offense of magic it would have to be charms right offensive magic isn't its own breed of magic yeah it would be its own breed of magic and i guess you would probably that's a big probably training in like horror school and whatnot because they're not going to teach a bunch of but like kids. the spells that you require to duel like harry dueled plenty that's true he uh used spells that <laughs> were taught at school or well, that he, they he famously found out used about poor spells he famously used poor spells the for dueling. Spell. And so, like, that was a, a huge Swiss plot Army point. knife for everything. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's him. He's using that one spell he knows. <laughs> Better try to take away his wand. That'll do it. He'll, he won't know how to do anything without the wand. But it is true that they did do dueling club at school. Yeah. But even then, the spells that they were learning, do you remember them? Well, like, like the tickling one. and. But isn't that a charm? Yeah, they're all charms. They just never realized yeah. that. It's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, they're mostly charms. Most of the stuff that he uses, like Terrence Allegra and all that. I feel like it would be really interesting to use any spell in a duel that wasn't a charm. I guess you could imagine some kind of transfiguration being used in a duel, but that would be, I don't know, that would be interesting. The Knights of Hogwarts, that's a charm. That's a charm. Yeah. No, that could be transfiguration. Which one? Knights of Hogwarts, Pietro Locomotus. Or whatever she called them, pure totem, whatever the spell see, was she used did, to waken. See, that yeah. bothered me as well because I know that was supposed to be her because fire is the element, and so what's she going to do? So they get, they made her animate something, and that's like mm-hmm. I think it's supposed to be the tie-in to transfiguration. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. That one bothered me. That seems like a charm, not transfiguration. They, yeah, they didn't change shape; they were just animated. And to that point, what did they do with those knights afterwards? Did the knights? I think they just did went they just back, go back to their spot? Back. They're like, all right, yeah. thanks for letting us do the something. The ones that probably aren't broken. Oh, yeah. Imagine the ones well, that were, like, damaged and, like, all to pieces. Reparo that all day. Yeah, all day. <laughs> Reparo that all day. These knights, I felt like they should have had an opportunity to, like, hang out afterwards. Because, so, you know, they were hibernating for years. Oh, you think they're sentient? Like, they, they should have been given some kind of hero's thank you moments, you know, in the Great Hall or something. To be like, we recognize these knights for their contributions to the school. Oh, they I don't want them to be human. sentient because that's terrible. That means they're just standing it's like there. They're a robot. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, they're droids. They're like the dark stormtroopers. Yes. They're not droids. It's magic. No, they're not droids. <laughs> it's a spell it's... that did the work. <laughs> like, and they, it just so they're just to... normal knights. They're just normal empty suits of armor. There's yeah. nothing in them. That magic yes, activated. And they get animated to be suits of armor are very light for the purpose of a human being able to exist in them and not be weighted down by all of the weight so what use would they be in a a battle like (laughs) no john these suits of armors weren't made to be made they were made to stand around the castle i'm saying like i am much more comfortable with the magic animating them for this moment than them having to be frozen in stone for (laughs) hundreds of years on end just to be used once and then back to like yeah if that is the assumption then yes i'm all for it let them party a little bit but i was never under the intention that these were like no it's not like beauty and the beast 
It's these. Are, <laughs> yeah. It's, oh gosh, could you imagine? No, they're just being animated for this purpose now. I mean, I yeah, um, I just I guess that's why I didn't think uh, that. But now thinking that, no, please let them s- walk around. For years, we just sat no, around the start- castle. Because <laughs> <laughs> suddenly, those little days are gone. Like, but I don't know how oh, they got I here want the, the castle to sing that song now. All the nights. That's what they sing at nighttime when all the kids are at sleep. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just know that there was a moment, and I swear to God, this is why the Knights of Hogwarts was my theory from the beginning. Is there was a moment? I think it was Chamber of Secrets where Harry made a point to be like, "Yeah, I could have sworn the knight just like looked at me, like oh, it yeah. just turned its head and looked at oh, me." Oh no! So it's no. like, why? It had to have noticed him. And mm. turned its head towards them. Okay, then maybe it is. Sin- maybe this is turning into the sentient robots that always kill everyone. This is what this is. No, turning they're into. not well, trying no. to kill anybody. This is but into if you throw them thank you parties, they'll not kill the students. Well, but hey, if you just here's like a lesson: they'll protect the students for the AI programmers out there, and or someone who can tell me. I don't mm-hmm. know how this would work, but like maybe something the benefit of magic is you can give it awareness without desires. It just is just mm. aware, and so it's not really existing. It's just aware because ex- yeah. like if it's aware and existing, this is magic. So we're just drawing one of those arbitrary yeah. lines that don't make sense. And so, sure. um, and so because that's what the benefit of magic is. So if you could give him that, then I'm fine with him sitting around as long as they don't. It's I don't want it to be like a house elf situation where like oh they want to be here and like no they don't right yeah <laughs> and so like <laughs> they, the like the house yeah. uh, I don't want the knights of Hogwarts to also be like an indentured magical servant. At mm-hmm. one point in X-Men, it's revealed that Cerebro was a sentient entity. Oh, God, really? Yeah. And then Professor X hid it from the X-Men, and they turned on him. They, like, kicked him out because they're like, you lied to us. Like, you're a hypocrite. You taught us all this thing. All these years you were enslaving somebody who didn't want to be, and then became a whole character and whatnot. And so I don't want Hogwarts to be that. As a, so much of Harry Potter has been ruined for me already, John. So don't ruin this for me, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Are we still talking about McGonagall? (laughs) I think we should just pivot to make the whole thing about the Knights of Hogwarts. No, it's McGonagall. Let's go back to McGonagall. I I actually, no, I actually totally agree with this. (laughs) No, I don't know that there's that much else to no, say. No, we're done with that. But it's good to... They come to they come to life at night and just kind of do their thing and like no one's noticed all yeah. these years. What if something in the spell is they can move around freely as long as a student can't see them. And so right. like it's very rare that... A, it's like, like Toy Story, basically. Yeah, but magically enforced. And so like right. if a kid runs out of the hallway, like they just can't move. If there's a kid out of bed, they can't move. If every kid's Answer asleep, me this. they can go to bed. If there's like a first year who's walking around the castle, it's nighttime, it's dark, they trip, and they break their ankle, and they're sitting there in pain, nobody can hear them, and, but they're right in front of one of the Knights of Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Does the knight acknowledge this? Because okay, Harry didn't see, break an where, ankle. This is where we're going to get into my other logic again. In my head, the knights were never sentient. The knights were always a tool of Hogwarts. Uh-huh. And so in this regard, then yes, Hogwarts, if Hogwarts could be, a, like, I would love if Hogwarts would be like, oh, shit. A little 12-year-old broke his ankle. Let's take him to the other ward. Mm-hmm. And maybe it doesn't know. Maybe that's why a teacher has to be like, oh, bling, wake this one up and then it'll know. I don't know. But I would like to think that it's the castle flexing to help versus the duty of okay. a, a suit of armor. But again, like I thought of it differently. I thought the enchantments on Hogwarts would be a little more fluid 
versus just like tied to each individual hardware. Just, I think they see, have Bluetooth going. Whole on. Would you feel like... any better about it if Hogwarts was sentient, but not in its way of this an individual, but over the years, all of the wizards that come in and out of this school, some of them choose to imbibe some of their magic into the castle, so that you know, in the same way, the Sorting Hat was oh yeah derived because from of the, the magic hat. of the founders yeah i always that's why i always wanted more founder stories because of the sorting hat i assumed magic always had those unoffended like unintended side effects and intended side effects of yeah because kind of i think that there's a very different moral understanding of sentience when you detach it from the scarcity of time what is time to a knight of hogwarts even with sentience if it can't die if it will just be there what does it care if it's asleep for six or seven years at the time you know what i'm getting at so like if hogwarts itself has some sort of awareness of its world and can express that through changing its staircases and temporarily animating some of the knights here and there are you comfortable with that kind of sentience even if it <clears throat> is dormant for long periods of time? yeah because that's how it's in control I'm uncomfortable with this notion that they're watching and reacting to things silently this whole time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know it's, if there's uh, nights in, like, the bathrooms or anything, because at that point, it's a little creepy, but they could be hall monitors. No, there's no, besides Morning Myrtle, there's no living <laughs> entity, I don't think, in the bathroom. Morning Myrtle ain't too alive, I don't think, but... <laughs> Sentient, we'll yeah. say. Sentient. Oh, that's her buzzword. Hey, secret word. Could Moaning Myrtle take a class and learn something that her living self did not know? Yep. I guess if she chose to, she has, she has to because she she meets new people and retains. Because I think that like when we're when we're comparing magical personalities to things that are otherwise inanimate objects, I think can you teach a portrait something new? If they're capable of evolving, capable of learning, then that's a different type of sentience than something that's just doing an impression of something that was once alive. So I think Myrtle well, I mean, remembered things. Myrtle could be offended by people that were alive today. So I think she counts as somebody that can grow. If we're talking about sentience, we have to remember that all the portraits are sentient. To um, a certain degree. They do... Well, but like you can talk, you can have a conversation with yeah. them. It's not like a recording only that just uh -huh. like the fat lady got scared of yeah. Sirius Black. The Cadogan ran around. That always like, bothered know, me do... though. What were you afraid of? Same. Like fat lady, honest Same. to God. Well, what she... was going to happen to you? Already... Go to a different portrait for a minute. Oh, well, that's what she did though, right? right? They, they had to, she had to be repaired, right? She had to be repaired. Yeah, Restored. because like yeah. I think so. dam damaging the canvas has to hurt the painting. It has to. Otherwise, what's the? Does. Yeah, I mean, imagine there's something to the magic they can get away. But if you were to burn it, oh, I wonder if you could burn. Like, if you get one portrait, someone to run into the other painting, and then you burn that canvas, will that witch be okay would or wizard it? be okay? What What you're describing sounds a little bit like a Horcrux comparison. Mm -hmm. If the fat lady had a hundred portraits of herself at Hogwarts and you burned one of them, she feels that less than if she only had three portraits of herself and you burned one no, of I them. No, I just want to know if the portrait who left the painting can still exist when the anchor's gone. Oh. I want to say no. It's an odd thing, right? Because I want to say no like... as well, because otherwise, where's the magic? Where's the hardware running the software? What was his name? Like Phineas Black or whoever his name was? He could go to his other portraits. He can't just go to any other portrait. So if he goes to his other portrait, is he hanging out with a version of himself? No, no it's empty. he can go to any portrait in Hogwarts, but to jump 
buildings, he's got to go to his own portrait. Uh. So they can run around. All the portraits are running around <laughs> all the ludicrous. ones in Hogwarts. Well, and at one all, point. Right, but to go to like the hospital, he has to be his painting. Yeah. yeah. At, that makes, makes no sense. At one point, yeah. I think it talks about how sometimes there are portraits inside the headmaster's office that are empty because they are visiting the other portraits. So that means yes, to get information. that somehow the magic is tapping into like, so I don't know if the same wizard has to paint you to have that happen or if it's pulling mm-hmm. in for the same character of person. And so then it just once you paint it, then all of a sudden you're just yeah. opening another window and then that painting goes away yeah. and then it becomes like, oh, I can go to this one now. And how great would it be to be one of those wizards who's like, I got 15 portraits. That would be a goal of mine, I guess, right? if I was really rich. Like, I want portraits everywhere, please. What if you were an abstract painter and you did a painting of a headmaster that looked nothing like them? Would that count as a magical portrait that they could use in the same way that they'd use a portrait that resembled them to their real form? Picasso does a portrait of Snape. Does that weird-looking Snape talk to you in the same way that a normal Snape painting would talk to you? I don't know. I, that'd be that's I, interesting because I would be curious if representation matters in the magic. Because if it does, then no, it would not. Because if you're doing the spell wrong, but if it if yeah. it doesn't, if the representation doesn't matter, because be- what would keep a child from drawing Snape? And being like, this is my Snape. I drew this Snape. Put it up on the wall, please. This is... And then, so like, can all the Snape portraits go hang out in that one? Like, wh- no, I think there has to be a certain charm on like a person yeah. to allow themselves to be replicated. That's my two cents anyway. Yeah. Like, Dumbledore would have had to consent to his image being replicated in any real form, yeah. and only those used with that charm or whatever. It's like a fingerprint. Yeah, can be represented that way i can draw dumbledore on the back of a napkin he's not gonna come alive and talk to me. i mean i i like it i like the idea that there needs to be some consent of the actual person but i would think that part of the consent would be an understanding that you have to refer to me by my actual name you can't get consent from everybody who's ever going to interact with the portrait that's not a thing that's not a thing what you can't be like i consent only if you if you make sure that everybody who ever sees me ever refers to me by the name i Listen, choose that's not going to be a thing. there are analogs to this in our world where people donate large swaths of land to become parks and the only condition on the deed forever is that they don't change the right. name of the park. On the deed and the people in the park. But if I show up at the park and I want to call Dumbledore Park, Jerkface Park, I can still do that. The park can't change the name. So Hogwarts can't change the name. Yeah. I guarantee the official Dumbledore of the called fat it lady. the Fat Lady Portrait, though. If anyone's going to respect the portrait and give it its He's real name. He's not Hogwarts. I don't know. Dumbledore's pretty He's shady. He's not Hogwarts. He is shady. But he'd be He's the one to know the real name, wouldn't he? I mean, I guess there'd be librarians and bins and these people that might be more. I would think, though, that to be the fat lady is not her most unique characteristic. Surely there are other things that she would use to identify with or I, like maybe. including her own name. Like she'd want to have that. <laughs> underneath. Like Maybe she wanted to be the fat lady who sings. Get it? No, I mean, I get the joke. I get the joke. But you're like making it a... Maybe, maybe it's what she wanted. Yeah. Maybe it was, Don't yeah, assume. Maybe. I have no idea what show we're pitching right now. It's basically the <laughs> This Black is Mirror why no episode. one's paying us for this. I know. This is like... This is, McGonagall. This is the Black Mirror episode <laughs> the show, about, something about, about Hogwarts. No. Something about this paintings. This is Black Mirror. Yeah. Okay. This is about all the things that come to life when people are sleeping at Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. So basically what we're pitching is Toy Story at Hogwarts, essentially. What happens? No. Night at the museum. Night at the museum at Hogwarts. At Hogwarts. Night at night at Hogwarts. Yeah. 
I, I maintain that Hogwarts could have its own series, completely detached from characters that need to be there. Just here are things that have happened here. Short over stories the years. of Hogwarts? That'd be great, honestly. And yeah. then, like the only thing it has to be, the common thing it has to be at, on Castle Grounds. That's the mm-hmm. only rule for the story. I would yeah. love to see, like, give me 15 minute short stories, boom. Or mm-hmm. just like a season where we get 40 minute episode contained, boom, boom, yeah. boom. That'd be so much fun. One could totally. be from a staff. That would be fantastic. One could like, be from a student point of give view. Give us give us a few episodes of like the time period where the room of requirement came into existence. Yeah. And, and what was just, the circumstances surrounding that? And And you just honestly you don't the, you just have to dress the set just slightly differently because it's gonna be the same yeah. rooms. And then they yeah. just slightly different robes here and there. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. I mean I don't want it now, but I, I would watch it. <laughs> Well, in an ideal world. Yeah, I know, I'm just being glib. All right, I think we've maybe Well, I I'm going to say year. we officially come back to Young McGonagall because this was not a Young McGonagall. This was fun and I love that we talked about it, but I'm going to veto that this yeah. uh, this was not Young McGonagall after all. <laughs> this has, I, I agree. Because like, we got on a real nit- real big list. nitpick bunny trail. So, tangent, yeah. nitpick tangent is what I wanted to say. That's fine. That's fine. All right. See you. All right. I'm going to test something. It's the drums. No, I'm not going to do that. It's despite you. Ah, you both, you both were on to me. Ding, Damn ding, it! Ding, ding. Always do it. Do you know that I walk into the living room and Will, my fiance, was watching like basically a Gryffindor common room on the screen. What? He was doing oh. one of those virtual environments well, while he read. Those are fun. Those are oh, fun. fun. Very, very cute. How y'all doing? Is Will Gryffindor? He's a Ravenclaw. Only a Ravenclaw would want a cozy fireplace environment for reading. Yeah, well, I, mean, I don't know. We probably got read. some Gryffindors out there. You just made upset, Melissa. So watch out for those owls. I'm a Gryffindor. Because I get all to those say owls. It. Remember when you we would upset people and they would send owls? I remember when I upset people. All the owls. owls. Yeah. So many owls. Yeah. So yeah. many owls. So many owls. So how y'all doing? What's happening? Mm, living the dream, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, quarantine world. Yeah. I know. Hey, I got vaccinated. Yeah. Look at that. Look That's at you. fun. Congratulations. I am eligible because I have an autoimmune disease. Super fun. No But fair. I will take it pushing me up the ladder to get vaccinated. I was. Yeah. I had a fever. I had like a hundred something. Well, I had a 99 fever, which for me is like a hundred because I have a lower temp than most because mm-hmm. of my, say it with me, autoimmune disease. And so um, I had like a 99 and that was with ibuprofen. So if I hadn't taken ibuprofen, who knows what it would have been. And my arm hurt, but I'm fine. Okay. Oh, so you did have a fever afterward. Yeah, I had oh, a I fever. And um, I had a little headache. But that all went away. And it's like it's like fake because you're sick, but you're not really... I mean, you are sick because it's your autoimmune doing its thing. But you don't have a virus. You have the, like, spokes on the outside is how this vaccine works. Mm-hmm. They created the spikes, not the actual virus. What? Right? You know the picture of the coronavirus with all the spikes well, on the I outside? know what you mean by the spikes. But well, like, I thought the it... spikes was the part that was get, making it hard. Yes. So they give you the instructions for your body to create those spikes. So your body starts creating it so that it can recognize whenever it sees those spikes. So now if a coronavirus comes in and it's got the spikes, the body's like, I know what to do with this and fights it off. If it comes in without the spikes, it's far less contagious anyway. So that's why they did the vaccine this way. Yeah. I think by definition, a coronavirus has to have spikes. Oh, yeah? I think that's kind of what makes well, it a coronavirus. Yeah, it's the, the corona is referring, yeah. 
Oh, right, like a crown crenellation. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Oh, a corona. A corona is also the money in Chitagatse. <laughs> I don't know what that By the is. way. I bought like a 24 case of Corona light uh, beer like last March and it's 80% of it still downstairs. <laughs> That's hilarious. Because Is it because of the coronavirus that you bought the beer? Oh yeah, just because I thought I'd be making a joke and then I realized uh, not long after funny. this isn't much of a funny joke and Corona <laughs> is not that good. Yeah. And you can only drink so much of it when you're stuck at home. Yeah, Corona is definitely like a beer that you drink while you're doing other things. Like, yeah. I'm at a party. I'm at the it's beach. A, I'm, on I'm, a, I'm on a boat, you know? Yeah, I'm on a boat. Or you have a lime. That makes it better. Oh, yeah. I have to add the lime, though. You guys been watching or reading or listening to anything cool? <laughs> WandaVision. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Frankie Pretty is much. a happy boy. One more episode Gosh, left. So much fun. What? One more episode as of this recording. There's Wait, two. only one more? Yeah. No, there's two left. Are you sure? There's two. I, I think there's there was two. three. I thought there was like. Oh, nope. I'm getting given the two finger hand salute everywhere. There's two, two episodes left. Is, is Bree doing the two fingers as well? Is, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Whew. Um, yeah, no we spoilers. Need a, we here. need the big conflict and then we need to see it resolved. And there's well, only 22 minutes for Pete's sake. Give us more. Minutes? Pretty much. There's like eight minutes of credits. It's true. I mean, well, this, this week you had the first post-credit scene. You guys saw that, right? I thought no. they had been putting him in all of them. Nope. It's only in this one. No, there was a post-credit scene. Okay, yes. I'm going to run and watch that right after. It's a post-credit scene. I won't say what it is, but a friend of mine speculated that the post-credits came when they caught up to that timeline in the, mm. in the Wando, in the Hex. Because, like, they're in, like, the aughts now. Like, they, right. they would be just getting right. out of the aughts, the late aughts. And that's when, because uh, Iron Man came out in 2008. And that's when they started doing those post credits with, like, oh, this Thor hammer. And, oh, and, that's funny. And whatnot. So, like, whether that was intentional or unintentional, I think it still is a fun observation. Yeah. Good show. It's a good show. We've been watching that a lot. What else? Oh, with, um, you were mentioning about the Avatar Airbender live-action show, John. Yeah, well, that? that was announced. Yeah, there's some controversy going on there. Some kind of controversy because they aged up Katara. Yes. They're clearly trying to make Zatara happen, which is Zuko and Katara. Oh, so they um, aged up Katara. That they're is... flipping Katara and Sokka's ages. Yeah, so now she'll be the older sister and... Oh, that's why the creators... Okay, look, I've got wind of this show. I heard rumors about it probably three years ago and got very excited. Maybe two years ago. I I don't remember time anymore, coronavirus. And I was very excited because I thought, first, the the creators of it were involved. And it was... So I figured it would be like Game of Thrones, but for the family. I figured they could teach this story that's just a complicated story. They can distill it from the first season down to a 10-episode live-action version of the first season. And the creators are involved. It's going to be great. Then the creators left. And it was just so confusing to me because every because I've worked on a couple of Netflix shows now. And I have friends who work at Netflix directly and Netflix Animation. And everyone always said how great it is to work with Netflix and how they're just so good with the creators. They just let them do a lot. And so it's so confusing to me that these two creators that I respect immensely left on principle on something that Netflix would not condone. 
And so now it's like, do you think it's this age up of, of Katara? I mean, she was supposed to be the younger. Sokka was supposed to have all these issues from needing to step into his father's shoes. Like, there's a lot of stuff there that they're changing with this age flip. So I'm confused. I also think they're trying to make it less weird that she and Zuko are attracted to each other. But it makes it way more weird that she and Aang are then attracted to each other because Aang's 12. I'll yeah. say this. I never, they had, no, they never had chemistry for me, uh, Katara and Aang. I, like, I, when, when he liked her, I was like, what? And so like, I, I, I'm not, a, like, I like them together. Fine, whatever. Like, it was like, sure. But that was a surprise. That was something I felt was a little forced just because they wanted them to be together. I'm like, all right. So. I kind of agree with that. I liked her and Zuko together better than Zuko and May. But whatever. I don't know. I'm, I'll give it a shot. It doesn't seem, the creators aren't like flipping out and saying it's going to be terrible and all that stuff. I suppose contractually they can't. Let's wait for them to announce casting. Maybe they have a perfect person in mind for Katara, and she's older than Aang in an, in an obvious way. Even if they do want to switch it to have more romantic tension between Katara and Zuko, like the story of Avatar is not about Aang and Katara. It's not no, about it's their not. relationship. It's about their friendship and them and them learning together. So they can, I think they can still, the thesis of the show can still be there. Like Sokka, his whole thing isn't the fact that he like, isn't just that. That is a big part of his character for sure. But I think right. him becoming the, it's, it's about him feeling, becoming a warrior and feeling worthy and him mm-hmm. having something to contribute because his sister is a bender. And maybe having right. an older sister who's a bender can just uh, attribute that to more. Like I can see, it's not breaking it for me, but I could definitely see why, especially like of our three main characters, like ah, like what are you gonna, why are you gonna mess with something that you know works? But yeah, I, 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 I'm very curious to see where they're gonna go. I hope it's not like super CW romance angst. Honestly, I think Netflix has gained a little. You know, they've, they've got the, the credibility to make me see what they're doing with this. Mm-hmm. You know. They've done a lot, and they seem to be careful. And they seem yeah. to be interested well, yeah, I mean, in a good story. And everyone else who had creative experiences with them have been like, oh, it's been great. They've been, or yeah. if they do have a challenge, it's something that is not really in a creative decision. It's a, cre- it's something a creative decision affects. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not they're going to, like, I want this character here. It's like, no, we can't have this because of X, or this costs yeah. X. And so yeah. I'm I'm still on board, but I'm super like that is news to me though that she's older. That's bonkers. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, is it the right weird. is it the right ethnicities and whatnot? Don't know until it's cast, but I cannot imagine Netflix making that mistake. Can you? No, it'd be no, especially. Oh, lame. so wait, what was revealed if the casting wasn't revealed? I misunderstood. That the age would be flipped. Yeah, I still think that the heart of these characters can still reach their arcs with that. They have a new showrunner, too. Who's the showrunner? I'm going to tell you right now. Albert Kim. Previous credit includes positions at Sports Illustrated, Entertainment Weekly, Details, and People. He's a writer and producer on Leverage, Sleepy Hollow, Nikita, and was an executive producer on ESPN Hollywood. Cool. So that's exciting. That is exciting. Stylized. I would love a really good version of that show, you know, beyond the one that we already have. Totes. What else have you been watching? Oh, man. What a question. We were watching a very old show called The Killing. I haven't heard of that one. Do you remember that? It's on Netflix now? It's on Hulu now? Or it was a Netflix show that got bought by Hulu? I don't know. Hmm. It's sort of like this fictional true crime genre 
kind of before it was the big deal. It's like a sort of Twin Peaksy plus True Detective. Actually, some of the True Detective people worked on it. It's just, I feel like we're just like out of things. I'm taking, everybody, I'm taking suggestions. We have watched all the shows now oh, in quarantine. I have a suggestion. Do you like, mm. did you enjoy watching The Office? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, then you need to take some time and watch Superstore if you have not. Because Superstore. Superstore, I avoided for so long. I don't know why. Just like, eh. Like, it's about Walmart. I don't watch a show about Walmart. I watched it about a month ago when I when I was having some stress in my life, and it is such a nice, good show. Great, it's The Office, but if they made um, Dwight Female and Michael Scott a really, really sweet evangelical. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, and then Pam and Jim are kind of mixed up in the two the two like leads are kind of like stirred together, and then there's just a whole secondary cast of characters who just. I fell in love with it's my it's been a background show for the last two months. I just like I just hate Netflix. How many episodes are there? There's five seasons that are that are already out, and the sixth season is currently airing. And the sixth season is actually taking place during like quarantine times, and so it's kind of interesting to watch them make like sitcom stories about like mask etiquette one person was like gonna host an outdoor movie night and then she's like well and they were like cool kids at the store and she's like well you guys are kind of lazy about your covid safety and then they get all offended like no we're really safe and they they had like the whole episode about how look what's wearing our mask we're washing our hands it's just kind of silly but i don't know it's fun cool all right it's on i'll watch it it's a fun one it's nothing too taxing either i think that's it y'all yeah, this was fun. Always good catching up with our crew. Catch us on stuff. <laughs> Go follow our Instagram. Catch us on stuff. Mm-hmm. Catch us on I stuff. Hear about We're that. on Instagram. Stuff.com. Uh, we need to post there more because I'm the only one who logs in. So if we post more, maybe, hmm. maybe more of you follow us there. I will encourage John and Frankie to log in and post things. Podcast Pod is our name there. And we will catch you the next time. Cool, cool. Howdy. See you next well, time. Well, until the next time, keep twiddling them dials. The next password. I never do the password. The next password will be. This is this is why I never do the password. The next password will be Wanda. Wanda. Yeah. Oh, that's appropriate because of WandaVision and Magic Wands. Duh. <laughs> yes. Wanda. What you said. Bye, guys. Keep. Oh. Well, you forgot keep the rest. Faith. Keep faith. No, you forgot the other one. Keep Wait. each other. Keep safe. each other safe. Wait. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. And good Good night. We've missed it. W-free. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. (laughs) Alright, this is called uh, Potter Ponderings here, where we are about to potter or ponder. Oh, fuck me. Which one are we doing? <laughs> I don't really remember what our what our intro is for this potter segment. Do you? It's just called the Potter Pondering. Alright. You you start it, John. <laughs> hey everybody. Okay. We're thanks. here. Okay, thanks. Okay. Hey, it's the drums. No, it's bum, not the bum, drums, bum, it's the bum, intro. Bum. What am I talking about? Oh. <laughs> I just want to point out. I just want to point out how Pavlovian it is at this point. <laughs> the- yeah. One of us says it's the drums. And you guys just automatically. Of course, drums. Yeah, it was pretty great. That's all. <laughs>